the cost of living is a uh, top concern for everyone right now. Cost of food, cost of gas, uh, cost of Internet and wireless plans. A few weeks ago, the sky-high price of a five-pack of chicken breasts at Loblaw went viral and sparked a lot of backlash. It was a surprise, but... Now, something that is not a surprise is what we pay for Internet and wireless in this country. It's well known how much we pay. There was a report uh, from last May from ReWheel. This is an independent telecom research firm that's out of Finland. They put Canada as uh, number one, as the most expensive country for wireless rates. Rogers company, uh, customers uh, could expect to be paying a little bit more in the very near future. Uh, Ignite services are expected to rise uh, by $6 February the 12th. Uh, to talk about uh, this, we're, we're joined by Carmi Levy, London-based tech analyst. Uh, Carmi, I appreciate the time today. Great to be here, Devin. Thanks for having me. It is uh, beyond frustrating to see how much we pay for Internet, wireless, and the like, and uh, nothing seems to change. No, and, and it doesn't matter how loud consumers complain, our government and, of course, the agency of our government responsible for uh, pricing and the rules around delivery of services to consumers, the CRTC, uh, you know, always speaks a good game. Sure, you know, we hear your complaints. We understand we're trying to introduce new rules, regulations, frameworks that reflect these new realities. All sorts of bureaucratic speak, but nothing ever changes. The numbers keep going in one direction up. And I I almost feel like crying when I do a side-by-side comparison of what we are paying for telecom services in Canada versus what they pay in the U.S., Europe, other parts of the world. Uh, We pay more, we get less. Uh, and our complaints about that always seem to fall on deaf ears. This has been going on for decades, and nothing ever seems to change, which is incredibly frustrating. Canada's cost per gigabyte, seven times more expensive than Australia, 25 times more expensive than Ireland and France, 1,000 times more expensive than Finland. What is, like, how, how is this possible? Well, part of it is, you know, we're victims of geography and population density. Canada is a massive country, as we know, uh, even more landmass than the continent of the United States. And, 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 and uh, with a population about, you know, a tenth of that across it. So in order to deliver the kind of both broadband as well as wireless service to the Canadian population, you've got to build out networks north of the border that are pretty much as extensive as those south of the border, but you only have one-tenth the size of the population to make that money back. So, you know, to a certain extent, we will never be as cheap as the U.S. because we just don't have the population density. And then, even worse, most of our population is concentrated along the, you know, the, the border, you know, within a few hundred kilometers of the border. But then you do have some sparse population further north. They have to be serviced, too, and it's incredibly expensive to extend your both your land-based networks as well as your wireless networks out there. We don't think about how much it costs to build all those cell towers, how much it costs to build fiber and other high-speed Internet options to small communities. Uh, but someone's got to crunch the math, and unfortunately in Canada, when we crunch those numbers, we're kind of on the wrong side of that curve. If we were to introduce uh, more competition, you know, foreign companies to the marketplace, would that change it or is that too simple of a, of a, of a solution here? 
It would certainly help. I mean, you know, we've got a situation where you've got you know, three major wireless competitors. All the telecoms are highly integrated. Your internet service provider is probably the same company that provides your phone service, probably the same company that you get wireless service from as well as television. So, um, and there are only, you know, two or three of them in any one given geography across the country. So if you don't like the price or the service or the terms that you're getting from one, it's not like you can go across the street uh, and select from you know three or four or five different ones, and they're not beating each other over the head with different pricing. They all kind of know, well, we're all in the same area. We don't have to compete against each other because there isn't a lot of choice. Um, you know, this has been going on also for years where Canadian consumers have been saying to the government, please open up the market. Please allow competitors to come in. But largely because of those challenges that we talked about before, a lot of American companies, for example, a few years ago, Sprint was kicking the tires north of the border, and they ultimately decided not to invest per- precisely because of that, because the economics just didn't work for them. So we may want competition. That might help pricing, put a little bit of uh, downward pressure on prices. But the truth of the matter is our market just doesn't support that. And as much as we want it, the numbers just don't add up. To the point on competition, you know, I'm a Rogers uh, customer, and after the uh, outage, a lot of people left, but I didn't, not because I'm loyal to Rogers, it's just, you know, what's the point, you know, it's it's a lot of work to switch just for what I don't perceive to be an improvement. Exactly, and I, I'm, I, you know, I covered the Rogers outage last July, and at the time, I said the same thing. I said, you know, there are a lot of consumers who are going to use that experience as uh, an opportunity. So, you know, that's it. I'm out. I'm going to go to the go across the street. Um, but the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, this time it was Rogers, but it could have been Bell, it could have been Telus, it could have been anyone else on any given day. Uh, and so, you know, to to spank one telecommunications provider because they had an outage. Uh, is somewhat disingenuous because they can all suffer the same thing. Bell, for example, had a major outage in the, in the Maritimes just yesterday, which affected 911 service. So you're not going to, you know, you know, you're, you're you're almost punishing yourself because of that inconvenience factor. And you know, I the way I see it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to make consumer decisions based on availability. Um, really look at your package, look at your price. Uh, and ask yourself if you feel you're getting good value. That's why we should be deciding not whether they had an outage or not. CT, the CRTC is getting a new chair. She has uh, said she would like to lower prices for telecom services. That's great, but uh, I'm, I'm not too optimistic. Yeah, her name is Vicky Iatridis, and uh, she is. It's interesting because I followed the CRTC for much of my career as you know part of my coverage as an analyst. And uh, you know, normally the, uh, the the CEO, the chair of the CRTC, is uh, they're almost interchangeable with each other. They look the same, they act the same, they tend not they tend to do the same things. They're cookie cutter. Uh, Ms. Iatridis is somewhat different. She's a she was a federal civil servant. Most recently, she was with the uh, the she was deputy assistant and Deputy Minister with Innovation, Science, and Economic Development Canada. She spent 12 years with the Competition Bureau, including enforcing criminal and civil charges um, uh, 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 in accordance with the Competition Act. She's a lawyer. She's come in basically saying she's got a passion for looking at consumer issues and ensuring that the CRTC reflects them. First time I've ever heard that from a CRTC chair. And normally, I don't even pay attention when they get a new chair this time. She's got a five-year term, just started early last month. Uh, I'm going to be watching this one because she's not uh, the kind of chair I've gotten used to. 
And I think maybe this time we may see she's not going to wave a wand and magically change everything overnight, but at least she has the will, whereas previous CRTC chairs did not. So definitely someone to watch. And uh, I sent her a LinkedIn invitation. Hopefully she'll answer me. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, Carmi, I certainly appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Devin. Have a good one. <laughs> That's uh, Carmi Levy, London-based uh, tech analyst.